Hello, and Hi. welcome. Hi. Hey. How's hey. It, how's it going? How are you? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the McGavin Fries Movie Podcast. Hi, I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. How the fuck are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And we're not um, we're not breaking any picket lines or anything. I didn't I didn't I didn't look into this, but I've listened to enough other podcasts that have. SAG AFTRA did ask podcasters not to do like rewatch podcasts or promotional stuff. But seeing as we have a listener base of about twenty, I think we're good. We're not even counted as influencers, so I don't think they're gonna notice. Yeah. It might impact you if you want a SAG AFTRA card later, but I don't think I think you're all right. I mean if they bring this up <laughs> I was like, God, you guys really did your yeah, due exactly. diligence. Yeah, I get an A plus in uh, researching. You're pissed because I'm like like promoting a Malaysian movie that just came out in Malaysia, not in the U.S., yeah, and a couple I, of other U.S. movies that yeah. came out in the U.S. weeks ago. Yeah, I don't think our... You uh, guys are sticklers for attention yeah. and to detail. I Holy shit! I don't think our review of Barbie will impact its $1 billion box I, office. I, I don't think it will. I think... I think Barbie's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Well, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Hungry Ghost Diner, the local Malaysian movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about William Friedkin's Sorcerer, seeing as he passed away recently and I've always been to see it. Yep. And we'll also be finishing off with Barbenheimer. We'll do Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yes, we will. Yeah, because we generally only tell people that after 20, 30 minutes into us talking bullshit, so I thought we should mention it now. No, no, I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Really we should, smart. We should have started like, this like six, just, seven years ago. You know, just go straight into it. Should we start with a review? I guess so. We're not doing anything else today, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Just drinking. All right, so last night I went to a uh, Friends and Filmmakers screening of Hungry Ghost Diner. So apparently I don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Make of that what you will. Yeah. It's not my fault. Did you get invited to, like, the gala? No. Me neither. No. Yay. Oh, shit. So, fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the uh, feature-length directorial debut of uh, Wee John, John Cho. And uh, I worked with him on one of his short films called uh, Salvage um, in 2015. I worked on um, a Carson ad for him <laughs> quite a long time ago, <laughs> where I looked wistfully out the window, and it took himself and Benji about three hours to get a whip hand sorted. So, I mean, like, John... John has been directing for a while now, like, you know, he's been doing, like, corporate stuff and com- uh, commercials and uh, short films. This is his first feature film as a director. Also, weird ads, and you got me to do some voiceover for that as well. So, well, I didn't get invited. He has paid me in the past. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> so, I probably, I probably couldn't talk about it if I wanted to. It's, paid, it's, 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 uh, it's in my interest to give him a good review. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, you got paid? <laughs> <I> got paid. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, look... One thing I will say about his short films is it's been very clear from the very beginning that John is very much, he's very much a visual director. His visual style is very strong, and he's got some really interesting ideas about ways of presenting Malaysia, presenting KL. I told you about the three hours to get the whip pass order, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, the man is, the man is a perfectionist. Yeah. And I'm really, really happy for these guys because they have... Had you know they'd been kicking this project around for like about seven years, and as a filmmaker myself, it takes a while to get things off the ground. And you know when you've had a project going for seven years in different incarnations, at one point it was supposed to be a series, and it came close to being done, and then then it got shelved or it got canned or whatever. I don't know the exact details of the story. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they have been able to finally make this happen and to make it happen in a very un- uncompromised way, in a way that is true to their vision, kudos to them, congratulations to them. Well done. Fuck all of that. What's it about? It's about fucking ghosts, man. 
I thought you were going to say family because I've watched the trailer and I've literally yeah, no, no it idea. Is, no, no, it is about family. It is yeah. about family. All right, so it's about um, it's about this girl. Her name is Bonnie. She's played by uh, Chen Kietyuk, and she has a food truck called the Hungry Ghost Diner. Ah, now the movie starts when she's a child and her mom has just passed away and. She's at her mom's funeral and everything, and then her dad is there, and he's called Bobby, but you never really hear that. You only just kind of hear him referred to as the dad. Then you've got the uncle, uh, played by Sam Chong. Dad's played by Eric Chen. So the uncle, played by Sam Chong, is known as Akyu. And basically, at the beginning of the film, so you have her as a child, and you kind of see that she has this connection. From the very beginning, that she has this connection, that she can kind of see things. Okay. And it all kind of revolves around the Hungry Ghost Festival. So... She is wandering through the streets, and this is like 2001, I think, year 2000 or 2001, and she's wandering through the streets, and she's she's seeing different things and everything, and you know, like she passes out. The dad and the uncle find her and find find her by like an offering, an uh, an offering of food and everything to do with like, and and her mom's picture is there, mm. and then so fast forward, fast forward 20 years later, fast forward 20 years later, she's running this food truck, Hungry Ghost Diner. She gets visited by her uncle uh, Akyu, and it's and it's. And I, I don't think I'm giving anything away here from the ver- even from the poster and because I, I didn't see the trailer. Mm. Like I went into this movie cold. Yeah. As an adult, she's visited by an uncle, and I think it's it's made very clear from the very beginning that the uncle is either about to pass or has passed, mm. and where he's in transition, they 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 share a moment, and this is also taking taking place during COVID, uh, and so she ha- and then they share a moment, and then after that he disappears. She goes to visit her dad and uh, the uh, their their old abandoned coffee shop, and she and the dad don't get along. She tries to leave. She can't because of COVID. They 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 lock everything up and everything, oh. and so she is forced into kind of reconnecting with her dad. Hmm. And also, when she is with her dad, she discovers that her uncle did indeed pass away. Yeah. In a nutshell, that is basically it. I mean, it, that like to to. To talk about it anymore, that's the setup. To talk about it anymore would be to give a lot away because the way the story unfolds, it's not one of those twisty stories. Mm -hmm. So all you really need to know is the setup. To talk talk about it anymore would basically just be telling you exactly what happens. And it's it's not one of those like, oh, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. It's not that kind of film. Once you, you kind of understand what's going on pretty early on. And then after that, you're just... You're either on board or you're not. It's a solid story well told? I mean, look, I was on board. Yeah. I was on board. Um, I mean, like, okay, I mean, I, I, I tweeted about it uh, earlier today or X'd it earlier today, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Fucking shill. You know, like, basically, basically, like, saying that it's smart and it's heartfelt and yeah. it's, it's well acted and it's, and it's a gorgeous looking movie. And that is 100% true. Uh, you know, Tech Z, the, the DP, like, just shot the shit out of this movie. This movie is gorgeous. Cool. Like, it really, really is beautiful to look at. Like, every frame is awesome. It is incredibly well acted. All of the cast members, another, another guy who's in it, Fabian Liu, who is in Live by Night. Um, unbelievable, versatile actor. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like, know, the, ro- the role that he plays in Live by Night compared to the role that he plays in this is just, like, it's night and day. Uh, trying to like oh yeah I know him yeah yeah and he's a, he's a guy who's trying to uh, develop this this uh, premium high class like food court and he's like trying to like get Bonnie on board and everything but the whole thing is like a fucking mess because yeah. especially during like COVID no one's fucking buying this shit during yeah. COVID uh, and COVID plays a huge role in it um which is interesting actually I mean that makes me want to go and talk to John about because if this is a seven year old story 
what was the excuse to have the daughter spend time with the dad mm. before COVID? Yeah. Like that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thing that I'm only just thinking about. So yeah, Fabian Lou's really good in it as well. Probably it's, Hujan or something like that. Hmm? Rain. <laughs> Hujan? Hujan. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's, it's got style to spare. Mm. I mean, if you're familiar with John's work with the stuff that he's done in his short films, it's, it is a very, very stylishly made film. Mm. The performances are all incredibly real. There's no big showboating acting or anything like that. There's no histrionics or anything like that. I thought it was really cool. I mean, if I was going to make any kind of uh, criticism, and I wouldn't even call it a cri- criticism. I, I think it really depends on what your preferences are for, for, your, for your movies of, hmm. this, of this type. I think that th- there were moments with... Um, I don't want to give anything away, but there were moments with other family members mm-hmm. that I found really funny. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough of them oh okay like, like like there were some really really funny moments and i think the film could have benefited from more of those moments okay because the film does take itself very seriously mm. you know as it should you yeah. know i mean for the subject matter and everything but it's a two-hour movie and you do feel it okay and even and even and like to be and to be fair like even john at the beginning of the screening he's like um it's a two-hour movie uh there's uh, a <laughs> he's he's always super apologetic about that, no matter he's what al- he's doing he's like uh there's good there, there's gonna be like there's a sign for an intermission and there is there, oh, really? there is a sign for an intermission there's like a one and a half minutes for you to go to the toilet oh really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and is that part of the movie yeah nice it's part of the movie yeah it's part of the movie so it's all part of the charm you know but um i i think like being a two-hour movie is not necessarily an issue. I mean, like we're going to be talking about Oppenheimer later, and yeah. Oppenheimer's three hours, and uh, it didn't bug me. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think one major difference is that there's from scene to scene, Oppenheimer's pace varies. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really the case with this film. Yeah, is that every scene was kind of paced exactly the same. Mm. And when your movie is two hours, after a while, you notice the running time. You need some rhythm. Yeah. And there are like, uh, like two or three scenes where the rhythm does quicken, mm. but it's because it has no choice. Mm. It has to quicken because it, it's, it's, it's moving to a beat yeah. or, or uh, it's trying to um, build up suspense, or build, build up suspense to, 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 to lead up to a reveal. Outside of those moments, people talk. Like this. And then they pause. And then they reply. So it's a good movie for ASMR fans. I'm saying that there's a lot of pauses in this movie. <laughs> and when I say pauses, I mean genuine pauses. Mm. Like the kind of pauses an old, an old uh, theater director I used to know would say, you could drive a fucking bus through it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. You know, those kinds of pauses can be very effective. And in some of the scenes in this movie, they are incredibly effective. Hmm. All I'm saying is, is that if your movie is two hours, those scenes add up. Yeah. And that's my only gripe. That's my only gripe of the film. That was the only thing that kind of like stu- stood out for me. Mm. Outside of maybe one or two interesting music choices. But uh, aside from that, I mean, it's a solid piece of filmmaking. Mm. An incredibly solid piece of filmmaking. I'm really happy that they, that they have managed to make this film happen. Everything else that I said about it, like, it's 100% true. I mean, it is incredibly smart. It is very heartfelt. It's the performances are great and it looks great. Did you recognize anything around the back gate here? Hmm? Did you recognize anything around the back gate? Apparently, no. shot, they shot. You don't know. I don't, I don't know if they shot outside or they shot interiors. No, and interiors. that's a good sign. And that's a good sign because yeah. that means I was just engaged. Yeah, because I ran into the what's, what's Sandy production designer production 
Production manager. Production manager, John and Benji. And they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I fucking live here. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I, what I have to say about pacing and everything, I mean, honestly, like, it's, these are minor gripes. These are, these are small, annoying things that filmmakers do where it's kind of like, well, what would you do? Yeah, well, I, would, I would lose 10 minutes. But I'm not, I'm not, this is not my vision. Yeah. This is John's vision. You and it. it's, a, it's a pure vision. Yeah. And you should go see it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I saw someone else saying you don't have to apply the moniker for a Malaysian film. It's a good movie. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I fucking hate it when people say, hey, for, for a Malaysian movie, not bad. Like. Yeah. I fucking hate that shit. Because yeah, movie- that's not good enough. No, no. I mean, the movie either it's, it's either good or good, bad. It's either good or it's bad. And this is a good movie, yeah. and it deserves to find an audience. So, I mean, I saw yesterday. So, like, TGV are supporting them, and they have like you know they put together these like retro fake retro posters. I know, I know. They're awesome. They are awesome. But I had to, so I had to, it's Feng Tao Bear instead of Sing Tao Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. uh, Tiger T A I G O R. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to. I, I called him up on this, so he's, he's already talked to me about it. But he said like they called it Belfast Extra Stout, mm-hmm. but they also put on the label from St Patrick's Gate, Ireland. Uh-huh. And I told him, John, you can do Belfast Stout or you can do St. Patrick's Gate, Ireland. You can't do both on the one bottle, mate. You've just offended the entire island of Ireland. <laughs> you could call it Athlone Stout and maybe get away with it. But if you have like, you know, you know, there's just a, you know, there's a little bit of, um, what do you call it? Tension between mm. some of those areas. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So. There, was a mo- there was a movie about it recently. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Kenneth Branagh did not go to St. Patrick's fucking Gate, Dublin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, and another thing about it, I mean, I mean, it's called Hungry Ghost Diner, so obviously food plays an important role. Mm-hmm. And as someone who loves food and has emotional connections to food, I, I felt that. Did that, it give that, you the same feels as your anime food porn? Nothing gives me the same <laughs> feels as my anime food porn. Yeah. But because I, when you're I, watching anime food I, but, porn, you know there's a chance there might be some tentacle porn in there later. There you go. You're not going to get that in John Cho's movies. Nah, nah. <laughs> not a hint. Not a hint. <laughs> <laughs> One day Benji will get his way. Yeah, yeah, one day. <laughs> we know your shit. <laughs> you sick fuck. It's not slander if nobody's listening. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, no, I really want to say I just didn't, I wasn't going to get around to this weekend, so I'll try mm. and catch it during the week. I, and, and also, like, when, like, there's no review here, but I also hear that Rasia is really good. Which one's Rasia? Rasia is the film that uh, Shamil Othman directed. It's a remake, oh. that, and the, the original was directed by his dad. Gotcha. Like, yeah, I heard about that. Hapsham. And um, I've heard really good things about it. I'm, I want to check that out. It seems like a good season. There's a, there's a, I mean, I haven't seen I don't know that one in IMAX. I don't think it's great. But like, there's plenty of them coming out again. Yeah. Plenty yeah. of Malaysian movies out there. So. Yeah. Like uh, Baccarat. Baccarat is com- coming out. Mm. So if you've seen a Malaysian movie, let us know what you think about it. And we'll probably try and get to see them. I used to see a lot more because I was doing it for free. But nowadays I have to ration that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, just to take a slight uh, left turn. Um, William Freakin. I mean... We try not to turn this podcast into the guess who died this month, week, whatever podcast. But if William Freakin fucking dies, yeah, you need to do something. You need to you need to pay attention. So you know, and I, it was also that list that uh, that fucking list that popped up of like movies that you've seen, like that odd list mm-hmm. that I'd seen one more than you. Was it? <laughs> two more. Two more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen Three Idiots? No, I, I knew that was one for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't seen The Notebook. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I was the, those ones stuck in my head for some reason. Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking manipulative bullshit. <laughs> I, I put it out on the McGatton Fries podcast uh, tweet. Uh, X. Fucking at Twitter. It's, tw- it's just fucking Twitter. It's, uh, Facebook is Facebook. It's not How Meta. dare you, Sully Gina Rowlands? <laughs> Twitter is Twitter. Yeah. Is it? 
Yeah. So if you want a Malaysian movie you like, just put it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so Sorcerer is something that like in later years, all the movie freaks I follow in the US and places would be talking about like the director's cut I think came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. There's screenings around the US and places where they do things like, you know. It's so screenings. funny that you brought this movie up because um, I was recently in doing some work with uh, our mutual friend, Chirin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought this movie up, hmm. you know, and he's, he was talking about, it's like, I mean, have you seen Sorcerer and then the fucking William freaking Roy Schneider? I'm like, no, I've never fucking heard of it. Schneider. 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 This is my, I was going to say, Schneider is also another, Roy Schneider is another army hammer for me. Army <laughs> hammer. Army. Army. Because I thought for years it was Roy Schneider. Yeah, you know, yeah. The guy from Joe, I was like, who's that? No, it's like Roy Schneider. Roy Schneider. Yeah. Not Rob Schneider. No. <laughs> Roy Schneider. Yeah, the guy from Jaws. You learn something. You learn something new every day. You know, I swear I'm I'm getting I'm I swear I'm getting dyslexia. <laughs> Why? Because I see shit and it's not that it's not that's not what it is. Yeah. I have that one with typing. I type <laughs> shit and it's worse. Uh, yeah, so I mean I I've had this on my list for a while because that that poster of just the truck and the guy in the foreground on the fucking rope bridge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had to watch it. So it was. I also have to live and die in LA. I'm going to get to that later. Did you see that trailer? Yeah. People posted of us, like yeah. the, the, the ADD trailer for yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's shot like a 2000s trailer, though, yeah, like yeah. an 89 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Looks badass. That's, that, that, that's, that is cocaine, man. <laughs> <laughs> that I, is fucking cocaine. I can't remember his name. The guy who plays Gus Grissom in CSI Vegas. William Peterson. Yes. So I've always wanted to watch that because of William Peterson. I didn't know Willem Dafoe was the fucking guy he was after. Mm-hmm. So that's next on my that list. was all cocaine man yeah <laughs> god that man sounds familiar sammy davis jr ah so <laughs> sorcerer is an odd it's a 70s ass 70s movie mm. the first hour of this movie is four things happening to four guys and there's no trucks and they're nowhere near south america <laughs> and i was like i don't know what this is but i'm kind of, like i mean one of it is just this french guy bruno kremer who's uh I, I, he seems familiar but i can't place him what he's been in mm-hmm and it's him, him just like being called on all this debt and then just literally, literally running away from mm. it, like a dinner with his wife. He just like something bad goes wrong. He just leaves. Mm. And like it's, it's only after the third or four, It's only when you get to Roy Scheider that you realize, oh, this, these are all the horrible things that have happened to these people to get them to this. Un- and it also has like, you know, it has title cards for everywhere except for the unnamed South American country where they end up in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they all end up working for this oil company in the arsehole of nowhere. Going there to hide out and never making enough money to get the fuck out of there. Until something happens, terrorists blow up an oil well. And again, I said this is an hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. Terrorists blow up an oil well. When an oil well's on fire, you have to blow it out. You have to explode it out to put the fire out. Mm-hmm. The nitroglycerin they have has been sitting there for 30 years or 10 years in the jungle. Mm-hmm. All the nit- all the liquid nitro has seeped out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, bomb, a demolitions guy like puts his hand under the bottom mm-hmm. and then goes outside very slowly and just flicks his fingers. And it's like those little Chinese crackers things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all, the, all the, the, the top is useless, but the bottom is super volatile. If you kick that box, it'll explode and kill everybody. Why is this movie called Sorcerer? Like, what, what, we'll get to that. Like, so the whole point is... They gotta, they gotta pay these. They gotta get people who can drive these broken ass trucks two thousand miles to get to the where the oil well is. They can't put it in a helicopter. They even show. I mean, other movies just say we can't put it on a helicopter. Seventies ass William Freakin Freakin shows a helicopter doing some shit landing, and the guy getting out and saying, "Yeah, we're not gonna be able to do it this way. It's way too volatile." This movie sounds shit. It's a bit odd, <laughs> but then it gets going. So like, then you have the eighteen. 18- oh, but then it gets going. Yes, after an hour. <laughs> People who complain about modern day pacing don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> I deal with these assholes every fucking day. And after an hour, mm. they start fixing the trucks. 
So I think one of the trucks has the statue of Pizazu from the. If I, if, I got, if I got to hear someone tell me that my first act is running too long, one more fucking time. You're gonna make them sit through the fucking hour, first hour of William Freakin' Sorcerer like, with their eyeballs taped open. Watch fucking Sorcerer, yeah. you pieces of shit. But when it gets to it, it is like they got a, they got like three. They just got he, three. Here's your inciting incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got three boxes. Yeah. In each truck. And they're like, you're paying us this much. You need one truck will blow, one one box will blow up the fire. Three bucks will blow up the whole fucking place. You're betting one of us doesn't make it. Right. There's two trucks going. Mm-hmm. And so they go on this dirt fucking road through the jungle to get there. Mm. And it's all about like the shit that happens along the way. Mm-hmm. Again, you talk about that's cocaine man. It must have been whatever the fuck he was on at this point. There's points in the jungle are almost dialogueless. Like they come across something and it's just like anguish. Just silent anguish mm-hmm. as they look at the obstacle they have to try and get across the bridge that's fucked. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like everyone knows, the, I mean, the bridge sequence is like amazing when you get to it. Yeah. But there's, there's stuff that happens after that, which is even more kind of great and shocking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to the ending, it has one of those great fuck you 70s endings. Mm-hmm. That, oh, right, right. Yeah, that I really, I really enjoyed. Okay, but... Is it good? Would you recommend it? It's one of those. It's very hard because it's one of those movies. Like, like if my mom and dad are watching this. Fuck no. Okay. But if you, but, 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 but if, 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 if I'm if, saying if, you have an afternoon free and you're not watching it with the parents, yes. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They'll be like, should someone get stoned before watching this? Is this a stoner movie? I don't think so because it's like nothing is happening in a good way. I think that make 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 it feel even longer. Right. <laughs> but okay, is it? Is it tense? Is it a yeah, tense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get to the bridge stuff, it's like, it's fucked up. Right. And then, once you get past the bridge stuff, because that's not the end of the movie. Yeah. That's not the climactic uh, action scene. Right. Like, I thought that was going to be, like, the big thing before they get where they're going. But, like, no, there's more shit after that. Mm-hmm. And some of that shit is even more, is even cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that one thing I showed you, which is that, like, I don't know about the guy with the white gun. t-shirt in the background. <laughs> yeah. Roy Scheider arrives at the spot and he gets out and he's getting, Nyack! he's getting a bit mad. It's like over this latest obstacle and the camera pans around him losing it in the jungle. There's very clearly a guy in the fucking woods with a white t-shirt on. And it was just fucking weird. But yeah, I mean, I, enjoy, I enjoyed seeing it. Uh, I am looking forward to live and die in LA. Um, you hear enough about him and I haven't watched enough of his stuff. I do want to watch more of his stuff and see what people say. But I, I, I did in the end, it was, a, it was a rewarding experience to have seen it. William Friedkin is a fucking amazing filmmaker. Mm. A very little known movie that he did was called Rampage. Mm. It was a serial killer slash courtroom drama. One of those rare movies where uh, Michael Bean was the lead. Mm. And uh, really, really fantastic film. I recommend that. Uh, because, I mean, all of the famous William Freakin movies, you've seen them. Hmm. You know, The Exorcist, you know, fucking uh, French Connection. Like, yeah. you, 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 you've seen these movies. There is uh, one great story about William Freakin that I, that I love. There's fucking tons. There's so many. Like, this guy was... This guy was like... He was a real firecracker. He was a real firecracker. He was like, you know, he was like John Landis, but with integrity. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear there's an article of him like saying like, oh, uh, Oliver Stone says DVDs will last 10 years. Like, how does he know this? What's going on? You know what I mean? He attacks the interviewer. He's like, no, what no, does he know? No, he's oh. attacked the interviewer a couple of times. There was, there was, there was, uh, there's been a popular one that's been going on uh, on Twitter where the guy's like talking about what Al Pacino said during cruising. Mm. You know, it's like that he found it difficult and bit like to, to, to deal with the kind of thing. And before the guy can even finish, he's like, I, I don't give a flying fuck what Pacino has to say. <laughs> you know it's like Tommy Lee Jones now that's an actor <laughs> let me tell you about Tommy Lee Jones pr- I'm, I'm paraphrasing yeah. this is not word for word what he said but it's like let me tell you about Tommy Lee Jones now that's an actor his process watching him work now that's someone I respect <laughs> you know just like <laughs> fucking for Sorcerer like, they, like they the, couldn't blow like, something up in Sorcerer so they looked for an arsonist they hired an arsonist from New York who's like I'll blow it up 
$3,000 in a flight to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they did. In The Exorcist, he would fire off live rounds. Yes, I've heard that one. You yeah. know, to, to just like get a reaction out of actors. Which, okay, like I don't agree with that no. shit. I don't agree that's with that That's overboard. Okay, look. If you uh, get their agreement in advance, maybe. But like, don't tell them when you're going to do it. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. I mean, just being a complete dipshit. Yeah. So it's like, it's not all, it's not all gravy. No. But I mean... Okay, so uh, minor spoilers here. If you haven't seen The Exorcist, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, that's your fault. At the end of the film, someone's dying. Yes. And a priest gives them their last rites. Yes. Now, the priest who gives this guy his last rites wasn't an actor. He was a real fucking priest. Mm. And he was given the last rites... And William Frickin was just like, just not getting what I need. Mm. Not getting the emotional quality. So he goes up to this priest. Real priest, mm. not an actor. He's like, do you trust me? <laughs> uh, priest goes, what? And it's like, do you trust me? <laughs> priest goes, yes, I trust. Before he can even answer, the finishes, finishes answer, William Frickin slaps him really hard across the face. And he's like, do it again. Roll now. <laughs> so if you see the movie and you see this priest giving the last rites and he's crying and his hands are shaking. That's, that's why. That's just he, that's because he just got fucking bitch slapped <laughs> by, William by William fucking freaking. Did you see the clip that was going around with uh, Nicholas Winding Refn? Nicholas Winding Refn is like, I don't know what the context is, but they're just saying like, yes, people were saying, uh, you know, Only God Forgives wasn't great, but I consider it a masterpiece. And William Freak is like, can we get a medic? <laughs> we have a problem with a problem here. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. It's <laughs> fucking with them. Great. Look up a lot of that. Just just look at the hashtag William Freakman on Twitter. There are so many great clips, yeah. stories, and like some yeah. books that are fantastic. At that. I mean, he wasn't just a great filmmaker. He was one of those firecracker characters. You know, he was like a dying breed. He was old Hollywood. Yeah. He was old Hollywood where like these fucking guys were too just... Too weird to do anything else apart yeah. from movies. These guys were just fucking off their tits insane. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Well worth it. All right. Looking at the bits and pieces of articles afterwards, everyone in the movie fucking hated it. So it's interesting what they got out of it. <laughs> he called Roy Scheider difficult and moody <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like his, his Jaws blockbuster thing. And all the rest of the cast, he kept telling them they weren't the people he wanted. <laughs> no, I know. No, he, no he, was, he was nuts. Yeah. He was fucking nuts. But Linda Blair had really nice things to say about yeah, him. Like, he was like, he, like, he was really, and you would think she would hate him more than anyone. Yeah, like, all the pea like, soup all the and fucking, beds and fucking like, flying around the room. Because she, like, she permanently hurt her back yeah. like making that movie. Mm. Moving on slightly, there's a new Exorcist movie coming out. And there's a picture of Reagan in this in the shop. Yeah, yeah. And it's the cover of a, like, a, on the, it's a movie poster from another movie she was in like years later. Oh, de- uh, it was it repossessed? Yes. No, no, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's repossessed, but it's just like, you know, it's supposed to be like a framed picture of her like as a hint. Right, right, right. But it's right, just yeah. like, it's a DVD cover or something else. All right, so next, Barbie. The Barbenheimer experience. Yes. Did you uh, did you wear pink? I did. I had a Gorilla's Pink t-shirt years ago, but I'm not a, I'm a more of an autumn color, so I didn't have anything pink. No, I, I wore pink. I, I even did the uh, photo in the fucking Barbie box. We couldn't because it was, <laughs> it was late and... I wanted to. No, I didn't. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I was like, "We're fucking doing it." I want my experience. <laughs> I was like, you know, I turned up there, right? And there was this other, there was this other woman sitting next to me, and and she looked familiar. I couldn't quite place her, and to this day, I still, I'm still not entirely sure who she was. I, I think she like run. I think she runs one of the cinema chains. The woman was Greta Gerwig. No, no, it, 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 it was not. 
<laughs> it was Noah. <laughs> and like, there was like a slight acknowledgement, but it was one of those acknowledgements where you think mm-hmm. you know someone, mm-hmm. but you're, not, not, you're not, not entirely sure. And then as soon as I got into the box, she's like, suddenly she just... She just woke up and she's like, "That's why. You, that's why you wore." She, didn't, she doesn't have like that accent. Uh, she's she's like, not from Brooklyn. It's like that's why you wore pink. That's adorable. <laughs> that's I, that's so cool. Did I tell you that time we went to Mission Impossible and people stole our seats? There was like, a guy, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. A, a he guy, did. his wife, and a baby, and they were in pink stuff. And it's like somebody didn't book tickets in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just gonna turn up. Yeah. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm what in, is this, 1982? I'm in pink. Can I get some Barbie tickets, please? No! No, you cannot, sir. Yeah. Mission Impossible for you. Yes. Dead Reckoning. <laughs> also a really good film. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should probably talk about that at some point. Yeah. It's a really solid movie. Yeah. I don't know why people aren't going to see it. <laughs> they are, just not as many. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yes, I did wear pink. I took the fucking photo, you know, and, like, I'm never posting it anywhere. Because <laughs> it, 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 you know. You it, just have a blown up life size at home for Trina when you're away. You know, it, look, I, I did it to fucking be part of the experience. Mm. <laughs> and you know what? That, that part of it's fun. You know what I mean? Like, that part of it's really fun. You know, Vin Diesel voice? The movies. You know the movies. Mean, this is you know this fu- is the movies. Fucking cinema. Yeah, I mean, also yeah, it's either Vin Diesel voice or uh, Nicole Kidman. The movies. Because <laughs> this is this whole yeah. Barbenheimer thing is kind of great. It is great because both of them are feeding off of each other. Yes, and both of them have contributed to each other's box office appeal. Exactly. Um, now look, I'll I'll just be like I'll just say it like right off the gate. I was expecting it to be better. I have to say so too, and I think did you get overhyped? Overspoiled. I got spoiled. I can. I can actually. I can compare it back to like the opening of the movie. Most of that is in the trailers. Yes. After that, the middle section is mostly the Lego movie. Uh, kind of. Yeah, kinda. I mean, look. I. I think. Look. Just putting it really sim- simply, I think it's a fun film. Yeah. I think it is a fun film. I was expecting it to be funnier. Same. I, I, I was expecting to laugh more. Same. I didn't. I, th- I think I was expecting more gags rather than funny situations. And the majority of those funny situations were, look at what Ryan Gosling's wearing slash doing. I guess, yeah. I mean, like, look, you know how, okay, like uh, one of my favorite critics, fucking the commode. Mm-hmm. Mark Commode. You know, what, what, what's his thing for a comedy? Like the, the four or five? Yeah. Uh, the four or five laugh rule? Yeah. I didn't laugh out loud once in this movie. Not, not once. I smiled. I had a couple of chuckles. You were grinsome. I was some, I was grinsome, but there was nothing in the movie that actually made me laugh out loud. Davina said this something. She says like, oh yeah, like mo-, she said, oh yeah, like most movies, you were laughing at the beginning on your own, which I do a lot. No, like the beginning, I, like the beginning was the those first yeah. couple of chuckles. But the certain things that are like so meta, they hit me in the right way. But yeah. no one else in the was laughing at that. Yeah. But the thing that I had the biggest laugh, I, I think, was when Helen Mirren says, "Notes to the producers, don't have Margot oh, Robbie okay, make this coming." Okay. I got well, a good well, laugh well, I mean, out of that. I mean, the problem is, is that I, I had that had been spoiled for me. Mm. So how? Who spoiled that for you? It was in a fucking review. Oh shit! Really? That's not good. Like it was in a fucking. That's review. That's minimum three quarters way through the movie. That's not. That's not good. Yeah, that wasn't a big laugh for me because it had been spoiled for me. The biggest laugh, and, and this is gonna make me sound really biased. Like the biggest laugh for me was when Ken was running towards the plastic fucking wave, and Alan screams. At the beginning, he's like, in the beginning, when he's gonna try and surf for, for when he, real. When he was time. gonna try and surf for real, and they they push in on Michael Sarah's face, and he screams. Yeah, 
that was the biggest laugh for me. I think I got a big laugh. Like, again, we're showing our bias, but when uh, Michael Sarah's in the back of the car and then starts fighting all those builders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, like... <laughs> I fucking love Alan. Alan's no, the best. Alan's the best. I want an Alan now. I want an Alan. No, and, and, and that is a... The fact that they have not relaunched that, that fucking doll yeah. is a huge marketing fucking yeah. faux pas. You know, it's like, at least give it a shot. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, what? Like, he didn't work in the 60s? Hey, a lot's fucking changed. We, love, we, have, uh, we have so much Scott Pilgrim merch. What's one more Alan to add to the mix? There's a lot more disenfranchised motherfuckers out now than if there ever If I can get an was. Alan in original packaging and then also get, like, a Scott Pilgrim outfit for Alan, it sells holy, itself. Holy shit. Mattel, give us a fucking job because yeah, you guys are fucking bullshit. <laughs> Will Ferrell, call us. <laughs> you know... It's really fucked up, and I mean this sincerely, that the funniest characters in this movies in this movie are the males. Yeah. And I and and you know, it's like this this is this is one of those movies that's that that's that's it's like culturally the way that it's been embraced. Yeah. As a guy, you feel really nervous talking about certain shit. In a way, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I know where you're going with this, and I think we should say like America Ferrara's rant, we agree with all she's saying. It's like, we're not in disagreement with any of that stuff. We're not Barstool I Sports. I found her a rant annoying as fuck. But it's like, not attended <laughs> no, no, for you. No, 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 no. So I you mean, don't have to take that on board. No, it's like, everything she's saying is true. Yes. But the way in which it was projected, mm-hmm. and after you've kind of sat through the entire movie, it's like, uh, I'm just, I'm not, you know, if, you know whatever. I think smarter critics with me have said that like that is a great point to make, but then the rest of the movie doesn't follow up on it. Like she just says it to people, and they just restore no, the no, status quo. No, I mean the problem is, is that the movie's messaging is so ridiculously heavy-handed mm. that by the time well, you what is the message? Because by the end of it, they just restore the, the status quo. I know. I mean, like the, the messaging for me seems like pretty damn fucking clear. It's like uh, you know, like women should run shit. Mm. Men are fucking idiots. Yeah. And in some cases, that is true. Now. There have been some men who have reviewed this movie as that this movie hates men. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't agree with that. No, I don't agree with that at all. Mm. I I would would bet my mini fridge that it doesn't hate men. Yeah, I never at any point felt attacked watching this movie. However, I did feel that the decision the, in, in the way in which the Barbies were going to be represented and the way in which the Kens were going to be represented and the way in which the Kens were going to respond to the patriarchy and all of that kind of shit and the way that the Kens were going to remake Barbie World and all that mm. were so on opposite ends and so extreme that there was zero balance. Mm. I mean, that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. And so it's like, look, I don't... They didn't even try to have President Ken. They were just... Everybody was no, it's, mini it's... fridges and yeah. I've always hated Matchbox 20. No, 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 no. That was great. That was great. That was great. That was great. <laughs> you know, so, so it was like... And the thing is, is that you're trying to do all of these things. Mm. And while you're doing all of these things, for me, the movie stopped being fun. Mm. I felt it was a little bit like assembled together from parts from other movies. Like I said, a little bit of the Lego movie here. The meta stuff... If I had a nickel for every time Will Ferrell played a somewhat misunderstood corporate head in a movie built around a toy IP line, I'd have two nickels, which isn't I mean, a lot, look, but look, it's look, weird it happened twice. I'm, I mean, look, I think that Will Ferrell's casting, even though he did crack me up in this movie, I think his casting was a huge fucking mistake. It should have been Robert Downey Jr. It should have been some, anybody, anybody else. Anybody else. Doing the same thing over again be- made it feel like they were rehashing things. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. should have been anybody else. Yeah. 
Like Robert Downey, I, I, I don't even know who. Robert, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. would have been fucking great. Yeah. You know? And like, who been, like Matthew McConaughey would have been great. Yeah. You know? All right, Fuck. all right, all right. Let's get some dolls like, going. Yeah, let's get like, some fucking dolls going on here. You know? No, because then I think like someone like Matthew McConaughey actually would have made your, made your point even stronger. Yeah. You know, like Will, Fe- so Will, Will Ferrell is bizarrely asexual. Yeah. You know, and the rest of the Mattel board and choosing to portray them all as men when that's not really the case in real life. But even having one woman there who's like playing the stereotypes up would have been a different gag. But yeah, I don't know. They weren't, there was missed opportunities. As there, I said, there were missed opportunities. Walking exactly. through it, it was like a, the laugh quote like, wasn't okay, there. Like, so but, that's why we're not, I mean, nit- we're not I mean, nitpicking, but this is what happens when we're watching movies. When we're watching movies and people say, like, oh, you're just nitpicking. It's like, no. When I'm watching a movie and I'm thinking about this shit, it means the movie has lost me. I want nothing more to be wrapped up in a movie like a warm blanket that carries me through from joke to joke or from event to event and I'm just swept up in it. That's mm. what I want. Yeah. When that doesn't happen, that's when I start doing this shit. Yeah. And that's when we... And, 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 and even Davina said she was like, I thought it'd be funnier. Exactly. And, and I think like ultimately, that's the most important part. I was expecting this movie to be more yeah. fun. And I was, I, I thought for me, it might have been because I poison pilled myself because I, I only saw one or two trailers. I didn't watch the song. It is weird that Ken has two songs, but Margot Robbie doesn't have a single song. Uh, the the fucking songs didn't do anything. Nothing for, me. for you. Nothing for yeah. me. Like, I mean, I mean, I fucking hate musicals anyway. What I what I did like about the song, like the the Ken song, when they went into the abstract world, mm. I liked that visual. I liked that visual. Mm. But then again. I am not the target audience no. when it comes to anything musical. And we're not saying we hate the movie or you should hate it either. I it's don't just hate, that it didn't work no, for No, no, no. I don't, I don't hate the music. It's like, I, I don't hate the movie. I, I don't... I, I actually like the movie. Yeah. I actually like the movie. I don't love it. Yeah. I wanted to love it. And exactly. I, and, and I think that's the fucking problem. Exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I just wanted more. Yeah. I just wanted more. And I don't know... Again, because it's Barbie, I don't know if that makes me a fucking asshole <laughs> for, for fucking thinking that. Yeah. You know, I don't. You know, like, and, and that's one of the weird things that happened to me watching this movie because, because I didn't see it on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple weeks later. You well. know, like I, 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 I watched it a little bit later after I was aware of some of the fucking discussions that was going on about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, you know, and, and people rallying behind it and all that. And it's like, I wanted to fucking love this. And I actually think we saw it actually in like a quarter full cinema. Mm. Oh, and also Daddy Cinemas and K in Pavilion fucking didn't fill the screen. Mm-hmm. They didn't put it full. Mm. Oh, right. That was like bars on the side. And, and, and look, and look, to be fair, I, the, the screening that I was at was like three quarters full. I was clearly in the minority. Oh, people were laughing. People were laughing. Because I was thinking we were, in, I said we were in a one quarter full screening and I thought maybe if we'd seen it with a, pe- with a bigger crowd laughing and getting on where I got swept up more. But then, you know, that's not every movie. You can't guarantee that's... I mean, the, okay, that's look, the, look, look. It wasn't, I've laughed my ass off in movies when there's three people in the same. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it wasn't like fucking gross point blank something about Mary kind of laughs. You know, yeah. like there was a lot of giggles. Yeah. There was a lot of like, but a- a- enough for you to, enough for you to feel that people were engaged. Yeah. That wasn't my experience. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure whether I was overhyped. But having said that, and I, and I, and I do want to uh, point this out. I do have tremendous respect for the film. Yeah. For having the balls to do something. Because when they, like, when, when you like hear, oh, they're making a Barbie movie, mm. my immediate thought is fucking train wreck. Yeah. Not the Amy Schumer movie. Which she was going to be in this originally. Or she was, was she was. Ver- when it was a different, very different version. Very different version. Because I, I, we, we, I'd be very curious to see that version. And we've also been very remiss in that we haven't talked about Margot Robbie at all because she so embodies stereotypical Barbie. Like, it is insanely good how well cast and well... Like, she is that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no look, look. On a technical... From a technical yeah. perspective, this movie is... Look, I have nothing... 
to complain about. Yeah. Costume design, production design, the casting, it's perfect. It's all perfect. I almost missed Lizzo singing the song the second time. It's like, oh shit, she fell down. Like Lizzo's singing, you mm. fell over, girl. Are you, are you okay, girl? She starts talking to her in the song. Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of missed mm-hmm. that because you, it, 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 it was so much going on in the beginning. Yeah, I think it's like, look, Margot Robbie's perfect. perfect. Ryan Gosling's great. Yeah. Michael Sarah's awesome. America Ferrera is great. Like the casting, I, I don't have any complaints about the technical yeah. aspect of it. And, and I think that, uh, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you, you, you know, I don't feel so bad not talking about them because the movie's been out for a while. Yeah. So everybody knows that that part's all fucking fine. Yeah. The, the discussion points are different now. Yeah. But, but having said that, it is one of those movies where I'm like, look, regardless of what I think about it, I absolutely think you should see it. Yeah. Because it, this is... A cultural moment. This is a cultural moment. And it is a movie that you should absolutely see and make up your own fucking mind. Yeah. 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 Go see it. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't already. Yeah. It, it, like, <laughs> I mean, the one or two of you fucking out there that yeah. hasn't fucking seen it's it. It's made yet. $1 billion worldwide, right? And you know what? Like, like congratulations to Greta Gorick. Because, like, Little Women's awesome. I'm a fan of hers. You know, like, I'm a fan of hers as a filmmaker, and this is a very... So, hey, wait, 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 Little Women, what were the other movies? What are your favorite other movies? Of her other movies? Lady Bird. You like Lady Bird? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I would say that Lady Bird, out of all of her movies, is my favorite movie. Because mm, I don't know, everything about her makes her a, car- a person I would love her movies. I watched Frances Ha, I was bored as fuck. Uh, I love her take on... Um, I have not seen Frances Ha. You should watch Frances Ha. Uh, I mean, it's got Adam Driver in it, it's got other people in it, and it's black and white. I mean, this is my fucking catnip. <laughs> It's not mine. No. Um, <laughs> and I did not like it. And then uh, Little Women was amazing. And people who complained about not understanding the different times were like fucking idiots. It's fucking obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Lady Bird left me cold. I, all I can remember is the car scene now. I saw that early and Davina was even with me and I can't even no, remember. No, no, I, no I, I, my favorite Greta Gerwig to this day is Lady Bird. Yeah. Including like from everything she's done. That's yeah. my favorite movie she's done is Lady Bird. Yes. I mean, this continued her, her streak of not, well, of, of being whelmed by her. <laughs> it's more about us than it is about the movie I think I mean I wonder if I had seen this 100% cold would I have enjoyed it more oh I think absolutely yeah absolutely you but know, again I think the Lego movie did it better no but I think for for an, you know and, and this sounds terrible but like you know like when an indie filmmaker goes into big budget yeah. studio filmmaking that kind of machine of which I really don't have any fucking experience at all. Would you love to be ground up at least once for $10 million? Oh, God. <laughs> Feed me to the machine, boys. Fuck yes. <laughs> Spit me out with $10 million in my pocket. If they said to me now, would you like to make Barbie 2? I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, we can talk about Barbie 2, but how about Alan the movie? I would direct the shit out of that. Yeah, I know you just do that scream for like two hours <laughs> two hours of wally brando yeah wally brando allen there's another there's another great no oh, no no, no it's another great fucking toy set yeah all right part was it was it what's the one what's the one where he has the tiny mustache and the alter ego youth and revolt youth and revolt <laughs> i mean again again it's like what are you gonna do shoot with your gun <laughs> that's so long ago we did that movie yeah it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, like, regardless of what anybody says about this movie, this is a cultural moment and you should absolutely see this movie. Yeah. Make up, your own, make up your own goddamn mind. Yeah. What do you think of the last line? Because I heard people talk about the last line. I was like, oh, okay. Because she's a real girl now. Oh, and Rhea Perlman was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last line... The lead, sorry, the lead up to the Rhea Perlman. Like, oh, she rents a... Her ghost rents a fucking office <laughs> on the 42nd floor. That got a laugh as well. I like that one. 
the the last line, like I I I think the last line is one of those things. It's it's kind of like Roe v. Wade. I think if you have a dick, you shouldn't have anything to say about that last line. But they did set it up with the builders when they got to Venice Beach, which was fucking censored for us. Was it? Oh yeah, they didn't say the words, but they I guessed it. Yeah, no, I I guessed it, it too. It didn't cut it. No, I guessed it too, but no. we didn't have like, you know, we didn't have the setup, so yeah. the punchline didn't work. Yeah. You know, but like the whole thing with the last line for me, it was just kind of like, it, for me, it's exactly the same thing as like Roe v. Wade. Like if you're a fucking guy, you don't have an opinion. Just yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Says, vociferous filmmaker says to US Senate, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Headline, <laughs> News of the Lemon. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you are just fucking incapable. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And with that. And with that. We'll move on to the second half of the Barbieheimer equation. All right. Barbieheimer equation of quantum mechanics. Yeah. This is going to make me sound like a fucking asshole. <laughs> what? This is going to make me sound like a fucking asshole. Like uh, after talking about this most strongest feminist movie of the, uh, of recent years. You love this movie with I, nothing but men. I loved Oppenheimer. <laughs> From the first frame. <laughs> Look at all these men doing science. It wasn't even that. No, it's got nothing to do with that. Like I, from the first, from the first shot of the fucking raindrops and the puddles and the and the intense close-ups of the physics and the fucking atoms like reacting against each other and the sound design, I was just like, science, bitch. I was like, I don't care what anyone says. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> and okay, and just to like throw it on the other side, like you know, the, when I first watched Wonder Woman in mm. IMAX. Wonder Woman IMAX? Yeah, yeah when I first watched Wonder Woman in IMAX and seeing that very first fucking push-in shot of Themyscira, mm. I was like, I don't care what fucking happens for the rest of this movie. I love this movie. Mm. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with, with Oppenheimer. You were all in. I was all in. Like, I was immersed. It was, the, I, and, I, and, I, and I think like that's the key word is... There's something about the way... Because I don't necessarily feel this way about every Nolan film. I, mm. I wasn't a huge fan of Tenet. Tenet. Um, <laughs> call it Tenet every time we Tenet. talk about it. Tenet. <laughs> I'm like, what, the David Tennant story? Tenet. <laughs> Doctor Who and me? Tenet. 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 Yeah, there's no end. It's not there's my fault. It's not Tenet. fucking guy... It's not about a fucking landlord. If you have trouble pronouncing your title, then that is your fucking failure as a filmmaker. Anyway. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Tenant. Tenant. <laughs> tenant. 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 Hey. <laughs> so yeah. So it's it's to do with that. It's like it's got nothing to do with like. I mean, of course, it has to do with the filmmaker style to a certain extent. But more than anything, I I think the way it started for mm. me was like just the perfect way in for me. Like I I, I was just there. And, and I was I found it to be one of the most immersive cinematic experiences that I've had this year, except you know, not counting John Wick Chapter Four. Mm-hmm. But John Wick Chapter Four wasn't immersive. John Wick Chapter Four was just something that was just fucking was awesome. <laughs> I was just fucking ready for it. Guns, you know. <laughs> Guns, cars. Yeah. Fucking samurai. Yeah. What's the guy's name? Which guy? Shiruda. Someone tweeted it last night. Uh, uh, Hiroshima Hidema. Is that? Yeah, that guy is yeah, like yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. If you if you if you go into Japan with the sword, he will spawn and fight you. <laughs> was the tweet I saw because he fought Wolverine. He was he, he turned yeah, yeah, up to help John yeah, Wick, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. in Bullet Train as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a sword in all these movies. I didn't. I, I, I didn't say his Haruyuki name. Sonata? 
It might be. I, be. I'm quite sure I didn't say his name right. Don't, no. don't fucking quote me on that. Yeah. No, no um, one gets my name right, so I get a pass for every name's wrong. No, I mean like, okay, this is, for me, the best way to describe Oppenheimer for me is like, it's a four-star film, mm. but it's a five-star experience. Mm. The, for, for me, it With was a like... a ten-star runtime. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but I didn't feel it. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't feel it. Like, I... Gravity felt longer. Like, after the explosion, after the explosion, I checked my, I checked my watch and realized, oh, shit. There's a quite a bit more movie to go. And then, and, and then, and then, without giving anything away, there's that reveal. Yeah. And you're like, well, now you have my attention. Yeah. That was fucking. That was fucking great. Okay, yeah. I will say that was fucking great. But to come back to what you're saying earlier, because it feels like you're trying to buttress what I said to you last week when we were talking off, off offline. Because I felt the opening was audience repellent. I could not get into it at all. No, 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 no. We we we, we had the exact opposite experience. <laughs> yeah. Like the he opening, he hated the opening. Okay, because I felt like it was like changing scenes and everything every thirty seconds. No, so no, it was no, like, no, no, no. I got, I, I got the water thing was perfect. Like, ah, yes quantum mechanics but then it's like when the when the vibrational threads start coming across the screen while he's in his bedroom it's like you're here you're there you're here you're there and it's like it, I, I found it hard to settle into the movie in a similar way that I did for Barbie as well where it's like okay I've seen this I've seen this I've seen this I'm waiting for the movie to start and sometimes this happens and it's again we're just like you want to catch that wave yeah and it just missed me and again every time we go to IMAX Davina falls asleep and I mean, Davina will, we've talked before about what Davina's like, what her, what her uh, tells are when she's not enjoying a movie, right? Or she's not into a movie, right? Mm. And it's that first 20 minutes. No, you can tell she's asleep because she doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but. How, how did you know I was asleep? You weren't talking. She doesn't talk in the cinema. She knows better than that. <laughs> taught her better than that but there's the tells of like okay she's after our Barbie review that goes down like a house on fire yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's looking at her nails and doing it she's like okay the movie's not I know seriously William Freakin could sit down and listen to her for a bit on his pacing she's gonna be looking at her nails a lot during that first half hour like we'll get to Matt Damon later but like Matt Damon in rooms talking to people uh, it's a great pairing with Air have you seen Air? not yet no it's on Amazon it's good um, I was thinking she's not gonna like Air totally into Air Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Because because it got her straight away. Because it's got some good stuff going on with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and everybody in there. So she fell asleep for all the setup. Yeah. Once you got to Los Alamos, awake and then in it for the whole way. Yeah. So yeah. and I felt I just felt like I was like, okay, this could have didn't need to be three hours. Now I'm not saying anything bad about it. It was just that it took me a while to get into it. Once the guy from Gang of Thieves, what's his name, Matthias. Schweighoffer. Yeah, when he yeah, turns yeah. up as uh, Werner Heisenberg, it's like, there's a name I know, and not just from Breaking Bad. From mm-hmm. that point onwards, I think it settled down a bit, and then they got into the kind of like political stuff going on with the, um, the Communist Party, and we're like, well, I support a lot of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I will... Oppenheimer, a man who spent his entire life avoiding answering a straight question about what he believes. Um, Pretty much. From yeah. that point onwards, then I was all in. It just mm-hmm. it was like, I just found that a little bit off-putting, because it was like... It felt like the pacing was off, but again, that was just my and that was my problem with it. Yeah. Once it got to it, and once it got to Los Alamos, and we started doing Oceans Thirty Seven, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I gotta mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> once yeah, you yeah. start doing the heist, well, once it's basically like, let's go find some scientists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I gotta fucking, I gotta implode some uranium, <laughs> plutonium, fucking shit. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I was, uh, like, I, I had the exact uh, fucking opposite opposite yeah opposite experience of you like from the moment it started what this does like because as far as like being like an IMAX experience oh fuck yeah uh, aside from being the explosion and aside from the bomb going off and everything the way that he uses IMAX cameras to get inside the fucking soul of an actor Mm. because 
I just get right in. He gets. He climbs his ass right up inside Kelly Murphy's blue blue eyes. Exactly, but it's not just Kelly Murphy. It's even like Robert Downey Jr. Like playing against type in black and white. In black and white, and the thing, and and I'm so fucking happy that Robert Downey Jr. is in this because it reminds us how fucking amazing of an actor he actually is. I mean, I don't know what Nolan did, but he finally managed to kick Iron Man out of. Downey no, Jr. no, but uh, uh, there's there's a, there's an interview that um, Robert Downey Jr. did. I think it's with the New York Times. I could be wrong. In which Nolan actually fucking said to him, "Is like I'm gonna, don't, I don't want any of that I'm Doctor gonna, Doolittle I'm, shit. I'm, I'm gonna fucking like get yeah. all of your ticks out of you." And he does. Yeah. And like, and 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 it's, you didn't see Doctor Doolittle, did you? No, I didn't. It's fucking terrible. But it's basically Iron Man the Doctor, the vet, and it sucks. And it's because it's him not doing the work. No, it's not, it's not that he's not doing the work. No, but he's doing I, the I, work like, he's done for 10 years. I, it, like, you know, he's like, he's doing his thing. He's yeah. doing his shtick. Yeah. That's not the same thing as not doing the work. No, but like, you when know, it comes to you moving but, but, away but, from but, Iron but, Man, but, but doing you, the same shit over and over yeah, again, yeah, doesn't but, help. But you work with a director who's just going to be like, you're not going to fucking fall back on any yeah, of your shit. Exactly. You know, and he doesn't, and it's the best performance he's fucking given in years. Yeah. And it reminds you, because... We're old enough to remember how amazing Robert Downey Jr. was before yeah. Iron Man. In roles like fucking Less Than Zero and Chaplin and yeah. fucking... Chaplin was mid, uh, wasn't it? In the, not mid in the movie sense, but uh, quality sense, but mid freakouts. That was just middle he, afterwards. He, like, yeah, he was, he was all, you know, like, I mean, look, he, he had a very problematic fucking... Troubled. Troubled, yeah, history. But Chaplin was his first... Oscar nomination. Yeah. And, like, he was a fucking phenomenal actor. Yeah. When you saw him do shit, like, he was just effortless. Mm. And he's he was one of those actors, and that's what made him so perfect as Tony Stark, is that he was so effortless. Mm. You know, it's like, when he was announced as Tony Stark, anyone who was familiar with him is like, Fuck perfect. Yes. Yeah. Fucking perfect. He's bringing the demons. Yeah. That are and in what he's doing now is that he's bringing that elder statesman fucking... Like, uh, he's Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Not just him, but, like, even coming from Hollywood ro- royalty. Like, yeah, like his dad was, like, this hardcore independent filmmaker. Like, all of that is yeah. in this performance. Now, uh, if you had told me a year ago that he would be in Oppenheimer with Han Solo and the guy who drives the Orville, I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but it's incredibly weird to see Scott Grimes in this movie with Alan Ehrenreich. Who has, I, I'm sure he's been working. I haven't seen him in anything since Solo. But I mean, he he does do a great. No, no, he does a great job. He does a great job. He man, does a great job. And and I do think also, I mean, like, look, so many amazing things have been said about Killian Murphy. He's amazing in this movie. But it, but it is also a thankless kind of role because because every time he's con- he's, he's questioned on apart from like the 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 setup the, the framing device which is the, the the trial thing every other time he's challenged on what his beliefs are he just fizzles and mm. does not take any oh, I'll give money to the socialist but I'll do some other things you know mm-hmm. what I mean he's like he's like avoiding taking any any stance whatsoever mm. when he takes on the mask when he's like he adopts the hat and the, and the and the thing and then he gets involved with F-A-E-C-T right when he does make a stand then Lucky Number 11 tells him you're not involved because you're stand I mean I can understand that's the point of the movie right it's like he he made a stand once so as a result he couldn't do it ever again and that also hurt him I guess, mm-hmm. but I felt I like, like I love how you say like not, lucky, lucky number, number seven, seven <laughs> which is the most obscure 
fucking reference, like anyone's gonna get that. No, no, everyone knows Josh Hartnett. If you know Josh Hartnett's name, you know. Yeah, that every, movie. everyone knows Josh Hartnett. Not everybody knows Lucky Number Slevin. That's one of the most obscure fucking references. It's a great fucking Josh Hartnett movie. It's a great fucking Josh Hartnett movie that so few people have seen. And you know who you know have seen it? Who? Our listeners. All right. <laughs> What we're trying to say is, is that Josh, Josh Hartnett, Hartnett is, is back, baby! He's back and he's awesome in this movie. He's, do you know he looks like Stringfellow Hawk in this movie? He does. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Fine. But he also doesn't seem to... like He doesn't seem like older in any way, shape, no. or form. No. <laughs> he doesn't. David you know, Crumholtz. I was going to say the exact same thing. Now, to be fair... He's not, Amer- he's not American Pie. He's um, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. The kid from 10 Things I Hate yeah, About yeah, You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, amongst many other things. Amongst many. Like but but also like, Josh Peck has a huge role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, I don't, what was his show? He had a show on Disney or something? I don't was, know what was that was. It was like Josh and something. Josh something. I never saw that. I never saw it either. I've only I, seen him referenced by people on YouTube or whatever. And I was like, he's a really big role in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the one who pushes the fucking button. Yeah. Um, but David Crumhouse is... Like I will be for I, I always want to just from now on David, I want I want to have an orange in my pocket so I can offer people slices in a tissue because it looks like the most badass fucking thing to ever do yeah. especially if they're a skinny bitch. It's like David Crumholtz in this movie reminds me of fucking Paul Sorvino as Henry Kissinger in Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's so good. He's so good. I mean, this is this movie and is. He's like, like the guy you did not expect to see. No. And he this fucking is, nails it. I, again, we said this in the pub last week. This is like, you know, there's always the joke about like, oh, this was my Avengers about old movies. Yeah, yeah. This is like mid 90s or early 2000s, mid, middle actors and young actors and shit. This is our Avengers. There's so many. Even, we were talking about the Venture Brothers before we started recording. Yeah. James Ermanaikin is in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we also talked about earlier, we talked about, you know, someone making a movie about Belfast. Yeah. He's in it too. Kenneth yeah. Branagh's in it. Kenneth Branagh like turns up for like three scenes yeah. and nails every single one of them. He just turns up and says, you are good fun boys. Yeah. I cannot tell a lie. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> no, he's got the he's got that amazing line. It's like you have given them the power to destroy themselves. Yes. You know, there's so many amazing like lines in this. Yeah. You know, it's like I I am Prometheus, the destroyer of worlds. No, no, that's not that. So. <laughs> I am Prometheus. You fuck, you fuck I am. I am. I am Prometheus. No, there's no Prometheus. He's the the, the book is called Prometheus. I am become death. I am become. I am Prometheus, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> You're not Prometheus. Stop saying that. This is how I heard it. <laughs> You're so wrong. That's like one of those. I do like. So we do like from Malaysian cinema for our international uh, viewers. The first time he says that is when he's fucking Flora's pew. They're not making love. They're fucking. Mm. And they can't put around that. Yeah. And while he's fucking her, he's like, I am Prometheus. I'm not Prometheus. Would you stop this? Where are you getting this from? This is the weirdest thing you've ever done. I am become death. The destroyer you gotta, of worlds. You, you gotta lean into the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> the book is called Modern Prometheus, I think. Because the postmodern yeah, yeah. Prometheus yeah, 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 is yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. I, am, I have become death. The destroyer of yeah. worlds. So the first time he says it is when he's doing the deed with Florence Pugh. Yes. Um... So they can't cut around. The guy can't kind of cut out that dialogue. So instead, it's just weirdly fucking edited. Yeah, yeah, it's just really fucking edited. And then when you have like Florence Pugh like sitting naked, she's got that a digital that, blankie, that, that digital blankie on her. Yeah, and then when the okay, and then and then in the uh, in the interview in, scene, in the interview scene, the sex scene. Yeah, it's like it's like it's, it's Emily Blunt having dealt with his infidelity, having to hear about it, imagining it there. Can you only imagine if we saw this somewhere else? We might have seen Kelly Murphy's balls. 
Do we? Are we? I think we saw them in Twenty Eight Days Later originally. Right? He wakes up and he's not. He's not posing. Did we? I think so. I can't remember. I don't remember seeing balls in Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm. <laughs> but it was yeah. The cuts were a reminder of how childish Malaysian cinema can yeah. be. And also, I mean, like by the way, For- Florence Pugh and Emily Blunt, they don't necessarily have uh, the most well-developed roles. No. But what they do with them. Insane. I, I felt that for Emily Blunt. I didn't quite feel it for Florence Pugh because I felt she wasn't given enough, or it felt like it was very truncated. No, no. I mean, I think, I think, like uh, Florence. Don't bring me fucking flowers. That was a, that was a very yeah, interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Don't. It's like, where's my flowers? They were married, right? <laughs> no. No, they weren't married. Okay. But he said he, he had a first wife who's not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought because the way it, again the way it was set up, I thought it was construed as like she was the first wife. But Emily Blunt, she's more like Emily Brittle. Like a she's bit. so, and like when she's when she's losing it in the middle to the end, yeah. it's like why don't you fight back? Yeah, so good. Yeah, no, she was awesome. But she's, again, they're not giving no, enough. No, but, no, no, but she had more to do than, than Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh Way did. more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that what Florence Pugh had to work with, I think she did an incredible job. No, I mean, like, look, I cannot fault any of the performances. No, all of the performances are fucking amazing. You know that he wrote the script in first person, right? Huh? Who? Chris Nolan. You don't hear this? No. He wrote the script in first person. So someone tweeted this out and it said like, this page from the Oppenheimer script has traumatized me. And it's just like, Tatlock, uh, I like a little wiggle room, right? They're talking about like morals and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, do you always tow the, pa- pa- the party line? It's like, Tatlock considers sizing me up. I oh, like we room are room. fucking. And it just says, interior bedroom later. We are fucking hot, it- sweaty, little brutal. Tatlock gives up, climbs off me. Oppenheimer, wait, wait. He wrote the whole thing like this. No, but I love how, I mean, like, you can't see this. You, you might want to post this. This is written like a play. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, it doesn't, it, like, the interior is the only line here. The rest of it is just, like, yeah, very yeah, much, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Play, play structure. Can you send me this? Yeah. I, I saved the tweet and everything. Because yeah. I wanted to bring it up because it was, like, an interesting, I mean, I heard about it in advance that he I, wrote I, it. No, no, I, I didn't and know. What's, and what's very odd is that he wrote it in first person, and it's not the first person that the movie pivots on. Yeah, no, it isn't. No, it's, it's, it's Oppenheimer. Once the bomb goes off... Can you and s- send this to me? We'll send it to you in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're in the middle of we're podcasting, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't mean right now. <laughs> I'm just like saying later. I said, yeah, I said yeah. But it, like, I, I, I love the fact that like, cocaine, once man. the bomb goes off, and, he, and even when he says it that time, it's not a big deal. I've become dead to the destroyer of worlds. It's almost a, a, an aside. You mean Prometheus? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I will beat you to death. I will go fucking nuke on your ass, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the explosion was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> Did you think so? No. I think one of the trailers... No. One of the things, this is a big explosion. It's a big fiery explosion. And again, I kind it was a big explosion, but I thought it's not the high point of the movie. The high point is when you realize that, like... No, I think... No, no the high point of the movie is... Are, is uh, The high points of the movie are the human moments. Yes. And the... The one with Robert Downey Jr. when he realizes what's going on. Yeah. And the other one is that, like, when Emily Blunt says to him, do you think that if you let them do this, they will forgive you? Because he has become not fucking Prometheus, but he has become death. And the, the he reveal... Has, he has become Prometheus. Fuck. The destroyer of worlds. The destroyer of France. <laughs> That's the famous quote. Do you, be, Prometheus, the destroyer of Camden. <laughs> Particularly that one kebab shop. Um, no, he's not, I have never forgiven them <laughs> for getting my, co- my cucumber mint sauce wrong. But the ultimate reveal of what Tom Conti, you know, from yes. from um, 
Tom Conti who plays Albert Einstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like... Uh, Shirley Valentine. <laughs> That's how he's famous in England. That's how he's famous? He used to be. He's yeah. in a lot of things. Yeah. The reveal of that thing. I mean, it is... I think if you're doing Barbie Heimer, do Barbie second. Because the end of that is like, oh, yes. We might have fucked up here. No, I, no, I think that's pretty, pretty fucking obvious, obvious yeah. from watching the movie. And when he said, I'm become Prometheus. <laughs> you know, when he says, like, I am Prometheus, destroyer of worlds. Uh, that is... It's a horrifying thought. Jason... Oh, I want to say Isaacs, but I'm wrong. No, 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 no. No, you might be wrong. No, no, it's not J- Jason Isaac. It's a uh, fucking the Aus- the Aussie guy. Yeah. The Should, guy. The I guy. Have a list. I have a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Clark. Jason Clark would have been so much more impactful if I'd said that when I slammed his desk and said, "Who are you fraternizing with, Jason Clark?" He's really good as well. They're all good. Yeah, I know. No, but, but, J- like, but I, no, but Jason Clark is like horrifying. Yeah. Like you hate that motherfucker. Yeah. And like even like Tony Goldwyn, it's like, ah, there's that ghost bitch. <laughs> oh, yes. He's also, isn't he the bitch from The Eighth Day? Huh? The, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with the clones. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, no, but I mean like. Uh, yeah, and Ghost, he's the one again. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragged no, away. but also like, you know, like from Scandal and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's always an ass. Yeah, but it, no, like. It, this but, is his nicest, this is the most relatable role he's played. Is it? I think so. <laughs> He always plays a massive dickhead. Who else would I have on my list? Uh, oh, sorry. The other one I got to say is Benny Shafty. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants... All, all he wants to do is become a bigger Prometheus destroyer of worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. wants to build a bigger bomb. Yeah. And like, Oppenheimer won't let him. And that's the worst. That's the worst thing you can do. Because his accent and everything and the way he's looking, he looks like he's wearing mascara in every scene. Yeah. But I love him for it. I'm like, let him yeah. build a bigger bomb. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. Let him set fire to the atmosphere. He's like, I just want to build a bigger bomb. Yes, I wasn't going to try to do yeah. the accent. I just, want, I just want to build a bigger bomb. I had to we, look up because I've never seen... the rest of the world. I've never seen an interview with Benny Safdie, so I wasn't sure I am if he not talked like aiming, that I am not fucking <laughs> aiming for historical, historical accuracy here. No, no, but I wasn't sure if he talked like that or not. I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. Matthew why, Modine. Why, also, oh, wait, why isn't Matthew, Matthew Modine? Mod- isn't more things. Matthew Modine. I totally forgot. He was in the shit. Yes. He just is in the background of different points. No, and no, but he's great. Yes. And Matt Damon. Matt fuck Matt Damon. Matt Damon. You know who really took me by surprise was Casey Affleck. No, yeah, yeah he's small, small part. Small part, but oh, I, he's I, always the weird fucking the security guy. But the fucking general who's just yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just let me just give you some more rope to wrap around your uh, neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and but would you say that maybe like this, if you had done this, this might have fucking happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck you. You just you just you just destroyed this person's life. Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. I forgot about him. The other one was this is finally a movie that nails what Dane DeHaan needs to be. He's just this weird, freaky. He just, needs, guy. he just needs to be like a fucking office boy, piece of shit asshole. He's like a modern He should Dylan never, Baker. ever be given the keys to a, the lead in a science fiction <laughs> epic, ever. <laughs> no. No. No, this is what you need to do, Dane. Yeah. You're you, need to be, fucking, you need to be a Weasley little shit. You're a Weasley desk jockey piece of shit. Perfect. Perfect. You were awesome in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even just seeing Jack Quaid, it's like, hey, that's the boys. It's like, that's that guy from the cartoon with the Star Treks. I'm like, word to your mother. Yeah. Uh, Betty said that uh, James Irvin and I, also great. David Cronholz, who said that. Alex Wolf. What was Alex Wolf big in? Oh, he's like the, the guy who was in like Detective Pikachu. No, he wasn't Detective Okay, Pikachu. the problem is, is that Alex, also, Alex Wolf also has a twin brother like Nate Wolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's the guy from Hereditary? Alex Wolf. I think that's him. 
Right? I think so. Is that Alex Wolf? Yeah, and then he was in another movie after that, but I haven't seen anything in a while. That's why I saw the like, name. Like, they've both been in shit. That's why it's difficult. Yeah. Because <laughs> they both really look alike. Yeah. Oh, and it also, Olivia Th- Olivia Thierby. She's the one science lady. Yeah, the one science lady. She's she, like, maybe she, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> she was like the judge in Dread. Yes. Like the, like well, the, 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 she's the train. She's now because she's brunette. And I thought she was a complete. I've heard someone mention that, and I was like, no, that's not her. Yeah, she's not wearing a leather outfit. And I know. She was the her. friend in Juno, and she was the fucking like, trainee judge in Dread. And like, I saw her, and I'm like, fucking the yeah. Trainee judge in Dread. Seriously, that's what you think of Judge Anderson, PSI Division. Jesus Christ. You know, like, do you know anything about comics? Do you know anything about comics? I'm talking about the movie, motherfucker. Yeah. No, but she was a fucking trainee. Tell me more about this Prometheus. Um, Prometheus, destroyer of worlds? <laughs> <laughs> the sound design. So yeah, you saw it in the IMAX in 1U, right? Yeah. Which apparently is broken. Was it less broken when you saw it? Or was it, it, was like, it was like half a frame really. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize this because I haven't been out there in a while because I, I have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for the IMAX in the Sunway Velocity. So that was fine. The, the feet, the constant feet. I love that. That was genius. It was genius, but genius. it's also like it made the inner ear vibrate to a certain point. I was like, yeah, it was genius, really, it was genius sound design. Like yeah. the, the way that they portrayed that, like Chris Nolan's relationship with sound design is questionable. Now, so you know, you've heard the story that some people theorize the scenes you can't understand in Tenet when like they're on the boat and they're explaining the whole plot is because he doesn't like people who get too much of the plot. I think that's a stretch, but he could be that dickhead. He could be. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but that that's a that's a stretch to say that. I think it's also just that like I don't know. There's numerous articles that come over this every six months, which are that like sound design has gotten worse because they're trying to fit IMAX sound, Atmos sound, your TV speakers, your Bose sound system, and everything. So and as a result, the mix is bad. Numerous articles have come over this. Well, I mean, but it's it's also like come out that he doesn't believe in ADR. Did you see? That there's a nice tweet thread of like his people say he hates CGI. He doesn't hate CGI. He prefers to do it in camera. One of the things I didn't know that was half in camera was the Inception explosion stuff. Oh, yeah? Him, when when um, when Leo and Mr. Page are sitting at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. they're sitting at the coffee shop and they explode some stuff around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they yeah, enhance yeah. that. I didn't think they yeah. were sitting there at all. I no, but that's, that's what Michael Bay does as well. Yeah. Like, you know, Michael Bay mixes practical with CG. I mean, it's... Because uh, that gives you the best effect. Yeah, I mean... But it's a bit of in camera, a bit of out camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you can do, any, if you can do anything in camera, it's yeah. always better. Yeah. It's always better. But like, look, I mean, I love this movie. What did you think about the decision not to show her Russian or Nagasaki? In in, ref, in reflection, it's like, yeah, it's about him I, and it's about him dealing with it. And the, the way they dealt with it was interesting. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Mm. Because I think if you had done that, it would, it, it a bit. It would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, It's not about that. Yeah. It's not about that, and you know, it's, and it's about their distance from it, because like, yeah, he's exactly, doing it to exactly, stop, he's doing it to stop the Nazis, exactly. But it, it becomes something for something else when he, as the inventor of this, gets shushed out of the conversation. That's the lesson, exactly. And I think a lot of people miss that. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I think part of the problem with a lot of films, not just this, is that is that people end up reviewing the movie they want, they, they wanted to, they see. Wanted That's to exactly see. what. But I. That's always an issue Mm. is that people always not, I mean, like people go and see movies and they talk about the movie they wanted to see. They don't talk about the movie they saw. That shot of him standing at the lectern as the background vibrates. Yeah. That's, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's, like, mean, that's his that's his realization of what, yeah, what is yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, no, and, 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 and that is an incredibly powerful moment. Mm. You know, like when the when they're fucking talking about it and James Ramar, like the guy from Forty Eight Hours, he's like he's like uh 
no, 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 don't bomb this place. I, I honeymooned there. Yeah. I honeymooned there with my wife. Beautiful place. Which was an improv. Yeah, apparently. Which was an improv. Wasn't he in Aliens, but they cut him out? Was that James Romero as well? He was supposed to play Hicks. Yes. He was supposed to play Hicks. Uh, you know, fantastic fucking actor. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad that he improv that because it's such a fucking amazing moment. Yeah. Between the people who made it and the people who use it. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, there have been people who are bitching is like, why don't you fucking tell this story? It was like, well, somebody will one day. Yeah. I'm not saying that somebody story. Does. Have you seen the clips of Barefoot Jen, the anime? No. No. I mean, I'm not saying that story doesn't deserve to be told. It yeah. does. But that's not this movie. No. So, I mean, look, for me, like, I've made my, I've made my opinion very fucking clear. Yeah. Um, I fucking love this movie. Hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should fucking see it. If it's still playing in IMAX, watch it in IMAX. Yeah, that sound system especially really helps it. But also, it's great to see Killian Murphy's so cheekbones so big you can climb on them. Although, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's worth traveling somewhere just so I can see you know, um, Florence Pugh's breasts large enough I can climb on them. We can agree to disagree on that one. You wouldn't want to? I'll climb on them. <laughs> I'll climb all over that shit. I'll climb all over that fucking shit. Like, did you fuck me? Did Zach Braff climb them this fast? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a total dick. Yeah. <laughs> you will become Prometheus. Because I am Prometheus. Destroyer of, Destroyer of pews. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, don't email us because it doesn't work anymore. Uh, if you would like to uh, uh, support the show, we don't do. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> Just tweet us at McNasty. No, uh, at McGavin Fries. Yeah. Or send us comments on our Instagram. We will roll them into the next show whenever that may no, be. No, but we're both on. We're both still on Twitter. Or we're both X still on X. Or whatever. Fuck. It's Twitter. You can get us at McNasty Prime at Gavyap. And on Instagram, GaviaUp77. Yep. Um, message us on there. Let us know what you think. What we should do next. We have been thinking about... Uh, I've been thinking, after we did the black and white... Um, Giant mnemonic. Giant mnemonic. I didn't realize I, didn't realize I have the black and white... The Mist. Well, The Mist is one. That, because the thing is, we're not just going to... I don't want to do... Our series shouldn't just be black and white movies. Because that's a, there's a lot of those and they've been done. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. But, but black but, and white versions of movies that are in color. Yeah. And I've only ever seen the black and white. Well, there's the only mid. so many of those movies to go around. There are, but I, so, do I, mean, have, I do have Fury Road, so I do have that. Like we're not trying to pigeonhole ourselves into anything, but I do. I do think what what Ian is trying to say is because of our schedule. Because of your schedule. <laughs> this is on me. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, what, uh, like whatever, whatever. Because because of our because of our schedule, my schedule, whatever. Mm-hmm. It may be hard to. Be always like keep current. I'm amazing. We were able to Barbenheimer because yeah. originally it was supposed to be so, it was supposed to be a move from 2008. <laughs> we were gonna do 44 inch chest, yeah. which we, which we should still do. Yeah, we should. Do that. I think we do. With, uh, we should do with Ray Winston. We'll do that. We'll do 44 inch test. We'll do, we'll do sexy beast, and we'll do um. I will kill your monster. What's that one called? I am Beowulf. Beowulf. Yeah, we should you know, do a couple of those together. No, but I, I think why hasn't Ray Winston been in a Marvel movie? Yeah, I don't know. He should pay Orion the dog of war. Yeah, maybe. I am um, so yeah. But, he uh, he should have been fucking Cosmo, but Cosmo's a fucking chick. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the chick from uh, fucking Borat. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, look, I think we're figuring out what the podcast is. But I, I do I, have copies of Brainscan. Awesome. I nailed it, so we're good. Awesome. So you know, and and I think that sometimes we're gonna review current stuff, and sometimes we're just gonna be like, hey, what you know. Let's watch an Edward Furlong movie from the mid-90s that's not well-regarded and is about a guy who gets eaten by video games. Boom. That's who we are. Yeah. Welcome to the McYapp and Fries podcast.
Thank you for listening. Good night. Ooh.